0: Hi, this is Kara from The Pure Rock Shop, and today we have Jeff Scott Soto on the line. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing today?
1: I'm fantastic. It's uh, another day in paradise here in 2020. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I I joke about it, but it's not really a joke because someday we're going to have to look back at this time and reflect on everything that we all went through and I realize that we all, I mean, it, we literally all went through it. It's not, right. there's no real exception for anybody that's not going through this or affected by this around the entire planet. So it truly is uh, a historic time that I never thought I'd see my other son
0: Right. It's definitely something, you know, hopefully we can look back on it one day soon and say we survived and yeah. move forward. Um you know, I, I I think about it now, and you know, even just talking to my children, and the world's not going to be the same after this. We just don't know what it's going to look like when we come out of yeah, the other side. So yeah, and,
1: and for better or worse, you know, it, it, in the end, I look at it as a massive lesson. I mean, it was a massive lesson on humanity, on survival, on on literally ad living and getting through something that you don't plan for or prepare for. And so, in the end, it. it will validate it It shows the test of the human spirit and 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 people in general whether for better or worse you know there's a lot of division a lot of unrest there's a lot of uh you know between the social to injustices to racial to politics to blah 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 it's, it truly is a whirlwind mess this entire year has just been something like god i can't wait to just put it behind us
0: yeah you know, um, I was um, slated to go catch you with um, Jason Bieler out in Chicago back in May. And of course, you know, that tour got put on hold, um, Yeah. you know, and just like many other things that, you know, have been put on pause this year. So it's it, I, I know it has to be challenging as a musician to um, not be able to be out on the road. Um,
1: so I think the worst part is not knowing when. That's that's the crazy part. I mean, at least in the past, there've been obstacles and reasons why a tour or timing didn't work. But that's that's never been based on not being able to do it. It's it's always been based on availability. Now it's we don't know when we're going to be able to get back out there, and it's a scary thing for especially for touring, traveling musicians. I'm lucky enough that I have built enough of a career to be able to do things at home, like like this record, for instance, and right. albums and sessions in general. So. For the most part, I'll be okay because that was that my primary income in general was was all my recording. On the road, it's always been more, with the exception of TSO, which is a juggernaut monolith of a show. So clearly, yeah. everyone is is uh, is earning from it. But there have been many things in my life that were mostly either for mainly for the promotion of the record that, or uh, or just for the pure enjoyment of going out there. You don't really come home with a a bank load of money like a lot of the bigger acts mm-hmm. so that's that's the hard part it's, it's i know there are going to be a lot of changes there's going to be a lot of bands not doing it as much anymore and just because they're not going to be able to sustain
0: yeah well you know Talk about recording, Um, I was reading your bio and it's crazy to think you've done 85 albums and somehow I've been at this for over 20 years and we've never done an interview before. So, um, very cool to catch up with you to talk about this new release. So you've got sort of a double album going on here. You've got an album of new music and a live set from the Frontiers Festival. Um, What excites you most about the new release?
1: Well, I like that we were able to kind of bundle up uh, an extra bonus disc for no extra charge. You no, know, it was as many know, and I'm sure it's been noted and even brought to everyone's uh, attention during interviews, et cetera. The, the physical product level of what we do for a living is diminishing. It's mm-hmm. now to the point where they want to eliminate CDs. I mean, new cars don't even have CD players anymore. Right. This really this stinks for the musician because. We grew up requiring and needing those liner notes. We needed the lyrics. We needed that extra connection we had to that artist, to that band, to that, to those songs, to everything about that album. That was that was for us. That extra connection. That connection's now gone. We don't now. You you do a song, you put it out there, and it's uh, it's air. You basically you listen to it streaming. It doesn't exist anymore. There's nothing that you can hold and have, and, and it just it seems to be going away. So. That being said, because the the show itself was so short, my time slot at that event was so short, I asked Frontiers to please not release it as a standalone item because I felt it'd be cheating the audience. Mm. I didn't want to hear the backlash of them thinking it was a a quick money grab for me, releasing a live album that is barely 45 minutes long. And, And so they said, what about releasing it just on a digital format? And... Later, we'll release it for the ones who who are sticklers and absolutely must have your product uh, as a physical item. We'll give them the bonuses so they don't have to miss out and they don't have to go on to Spotify and all the other formats to listen to it. And I thought that was the the most gracious thing they could come up with in terms of having your cake and eat it too because we got to let people listen to this thing. But it's mainly going to be for those who, who are actually keeping the physical format alive. I mean, I even had my fans kind of, Step up and petition that we needed to release this album on vinyl, and we we prevailed. You know, we yeah. won. I the, the label they're working. They're worried about cutback. They worry about uh, sales diminishing, etc. They said it costs so much to make the vinyl from the pressing, the mass pressing, and then you make all these records and nobody buys them. They're in a, a warehouse that we have to eventually throw away, and that's not fair to us. And I said, I went to my people and I said, if you guys want this on vinyl, I need. 1000% positivity you're going to want this and <laughs> it stepped up for me and, and I can confirm now that it's going to be coming out on vinyl as well I love this I love this idea of physical products still because I think mm-hmm. it's still important that you you have that connection to your bands and your artists and your favorite
0: records Yeah, I I miss it for sure. I used to read those liner notes and learn the lyrics and, you know, read and learn about the band and look at the photography. I'm a photographer and I like having, you know, the pictures and seeing the promo shots and stuff. Um, Now, you know, I don't know if it's part of, you know, growing up and not having as much time, but it's hard to even remember the names of the albums um, as they come out, I tend to put them on my iPhone and listen when I go for a run. And right. I don't know which album, which songs on. In um, a lot of cases, I don't know the titles of the songs. I might sing along with it, but you know, and we've kind and of we've thing. kind of lost that. As much as, it, as much
1: as it's a blessing to have devices that you can put so much music on, you can take so much with you compared to the old days when you had a CD magazine, you had to choose maybe ten or twelve CDs. That's a blessing, but the problem is it, it's also led to us not really caring that much anymore or, or caring less, mm-hmm. and I love having the, the best of both worlds. I love being able to give both formats without, without completely removing or diminishing the, uh, the thing that we all grew up with, and, and if, you, if you want it, you have that, uh, that luxury. You have that, uh, that, that choice, basically, and mm-hmm. if you don't want it, hey. Go get a thousand albums, put it on your phone, and
0: you're a happy camper. <laughs> right, right. Well, so, um, you know, speaking of album titles, you've got a pretty cool one, and I wanted to ask you the story behind Wide Awake in My Dreamland.
1: Well, to be honest with you, that title obviously came from the song. I had already written the song, mm-hmm. and, and I, before usually I like to come up with an album title before the album's even done because I don't like the... It's kind of like naming a child after it's born as opposed to knowing what the child's sex is going to be and the gender, and, and from there you can come up with a name and kind of pre-plan. Mm-hmm. That being said, I, I, I've i actually heard a few people state that, exactly what that song... Uh, it, even after the, I've already written the song, I've heard people actually like just proclaim... I can't believe what we're living through right now. This, again, mm-hmm. before COVID, yeah. I can't believe this feel. It feels like a dream, but it's like we're wide awake in, in this dream. So I kind of elaborated on that with the lyric on the song, and then I, I wanted to call the album that just because it seems like I keep hearing it from people. Yeah, I thought it's a it's a great reflection of the time before COVID, even more so during COVID. Mm-hmm. Before COVID, it was the same thing. We had we have a lot of di- division, we have a lot of unrest, we have a lot of Just so much going on, especially in our own country. Right. But it's it's a worldwide thing that we've always dealt with. But this more so than ever. It really truly seems to hit hit it on the head. And again, it was it was coincidental that it truly means more now than it did when I uh, when I chose that as the uh, the title for the album.
0: For sure, so I wanted to tell you, talk to you a little bit about the band that you've put together. You worked with Alessandro um, to produce the album. Um, tell us about the band and um, you know the difference between I guess the band on the um, the new material and then the band that you have live with you at Frontiers.
1: Well, I, I always have Edu, the drummer that's on the record, and he's in my other band, Soto. Uh, he's been in also my solo projects he's been, I've been involved with him for many many years now um, mm-hmm. and I insist that he plays all my stuff because do as a drummer uh, he thinks the way I do if I were a drummer he he plays the drums for the song he doesn't play the drums to, to try to get adulation look at how good I am look how diverse I am mm-hmm. that just happens naturally when you hear him play I love what he brings to my music so I, I'm always using Edu even though I didn't necessarily want the uh, I didn't want to have many. I didn't want to have anybody from Soto really on this album because Soto is a band, and I love having the separation of my solo stuff to the band Soto. Okay. Alessandro was my producer, main core songwriter from the get-go, and I knew he'd be playing keys on it, so he was naturally my choice on that department. Mm-hmm. But he also did. He demoed all the songs himself at home. He played all the instruments, did it with drum loops, etc. So I knew he was an actually worthy bass player. When he sent me these songs, I said, please don't hire a new bass player. I, I love what you're doing on these songs. I think we need to keep your parts. Very and cool. the last the last rounding that off was the guitar player. Um, <clears throat> I have a plethora. I have the, the most insane round of guitar players that I could have brought on this. And again, I normally like using my guy, Jorge Salon, from Soto. But I, want again, yeah. wanted to separate the two worlds. I wanted... JSS to be separate from Soto so I didn't invite Jorge to play guitar on it. Alessandro came and he said, man, I got this guy I've known him for a long time but I've never worked with him and he's so good I want to use him for the album and I gave Alessandro 1000% trust that this was the guy that we should be using. Now, if you fast forward to what I said earlier then Alessandro sent me all the demos and all my vocals, all my lyrics, everything were written to the demos and he, he was even like doing mock solos Okay. I submitted all my vocals, and then he continued getting the real drum tracks, getting all the guitar tracks. The first two or three songs he sent me with the real stuff, my mind was just blown. This guy, Fabrizio Scattoni, completely unknown guy from Italy, he literally corralled all my favorite guitar players in one and brought them onto this record. I, I couldn't be happier with this guy's involvement on this record.
0: Excellent. So um I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you know, some of the influence that shape your sound and you know how you differentiate, like you said, keeping Soto separate from your solo projects.
1: Well, musically is it's the first indication. I mean, mm-hmm. Soto is a heavier affair. Sure. So I know if something is too heavy, I wouldn't use it for the JSS item. Uh and, and the the same thing, if it's if it's too maybe classic sounding or commercial sounding I wouldn't use it for Soto because gotcha. that, that would that would be the wrong demographic right that being said I do have uh, I, I use this reference a lot uh that being influenced by, uh, by the band Queen being influenced by a mm-hmm. band like Queen is a blessing and a curse at the same time <laughs> because the blessing side of it is you, you're you're surrounded and immersed by so many different styles of music that they wanted to cover. They wanted to hit every spectrum of things that made them take as a band, as songwriters or whatever. But the curse is, there can only be one queen. Nobody would be able to replicate doing, pulling <laughs> off all those different styles and doing it successfully. So right. my curse is that I keep chasing that brass ring of, look what I can do, look what else I'm into, look, look what else I can do besides that. you know and. It's it, again. It shows diversity, but a lot of people don't want you to be that outside the box. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. It, when it, at some point in my life and career, I said you're not just going to get a bottled up, boxed in Jeff Scott Soto. You're going to get the whole kit caboodle. And this is why I have so many different outlets. I get a chance to just really go and push forward all the things I love about music, all the things that challenge me in music, and truly get to. Throw all those
0: inspirations, influences out there. Excellent. You know, it's it's funny you say that about Queen. I just um, downloaded some music, and as I said, I like to listen when I go run. And I was listening to something that sounded like a carnival carousel on a Queen album yesterday. So they um, yeah. definitely pushed the envelope wherever they could. Yeah. So, um, you know, a- as a fan. Um, you know, I know you've worked on a, a lot of great projects and, um, you know, just really excited to listen to this whole album and to hear those live cuts and kind of, you know, go through the history of your career. Are there any special um, songs or special moments, you know, from the different bands that um, that you've participated in, been a part of over the years um, that come to mind right now that um, you know, maybe you thought of as you released this lot, the live portion of the album?
1: You know, what? I, I hate to cheat any particular moments or time, but moments in time in my career, because they're all special to me. They're, they all mean something to me because they all kind of lend, they lend each other to one another and the, all the different things that I'm able to do, I, I can bring something from something that normally wouldn't fit into something else I'm doing. So they all they're all meaningful in that sense that without one, I probably couldn't do the other and vice versa just goes down the chain. And so I'd be cheating myself if I choose one or two major moments. I mean, they all have significance and they all mean so, so much. And they're all very important to me. Well,
0: that's totally fair. And, you know, it's cool, like I said, to um, to listen to the live album and hear, you know, different pieces of Jeff Scott Soto history along with the new material. So um, I think your fans will definitely appreciate this album. Um,
1: I appreciate that. And and sorry to cut you off. And that's one of the things I truly love about having a solo career is I can go out there and factor in so many portions of my life and and my career throughout the the past three decades. I don't necessarily ever go out and promote whatever album or whatever item I'm actually just going out there to do. It's always a culmination of all the things that I've done because I realize as well, I, I want my audience to be captivated too. And the only way to do that is to give them familiarity. And mm-hmm. I think truly appreciate that when I can tap into those those aspects of my life and career. So it really means a lot that I can go out there and, and kind of bust it all out. It's it's solo stuff to all my band stuff to even to the, the rock star movie. It's yeah. all those things factor
0: into what you get as as far as the Jessica Toto show as I can do everything and anything I want because there's so much to choose from. Yeah and it has to be hard to limit it to like you said 45 minutes certainly wasn't a lot of time for you to cover all of that so um Oh that yeah. was
1: difficult to tell <laughs> one of the reasons why the, I think the first, the second track in is a is, I think it's a medley of like three or four songs in one because I wanted to do all four, four songs, there's no way you can fit that in yeah. and then the other songs that you have to do or want to do in the in the uh, 50 minute set
0: Sure. So um, you mentioned when we first started chatting that you know you you um, you know are one to spend a lot of time in the studio um, typically, anyways. Um, anything else you have on the horizon um, that you've been working on during lockdown this year?
1: Oh yeah, uh, we we finished a new Wet album. If, for those not familiar, Wet uh, is yes. uh, another Frontiers project that I've been. We're, this is album number four for us, so that's done in the can and ready for release. I believe in January. Um, I sang background on Joel Holster's new album also slated for Frontier's Records and that was uh, like 11 songs singing background is, can be sometimes even more taxing than singing lead because uh-huh. you're layering and you're adding and you're duplicating, replicating parts as opposed to just singing it once as a singer mm-hmm. uh, so I did that um, also there's another project that Alessandro and I co-wrote and produced together a band called Spectra And the singer for this is actually the keyboard player slash second guitar player in Soto. Okay. Now, BJ, his name is BJ, he's from Brazil. He's an amazing lead singer. And for years, I've been trying to find a vehicle to get his voice heard around the rest of the world. I finally found that vehicle, Alessandro, and I wrote that entire record. I had to sing the entire record and do all the backing vocals so that BJ had a platform to then learn the uh, the, the, the vocals from, the melodies or whatever. That was another album I sang during this COVID time, and all my backing vocals remained on the record. That thing is done. Oh, boy, what's left? Uh, (laughs) I've got another album of material for something else that I can't reveal just yet. It's a new thing. We don't know what we're going to do or how or when, whatever, but we've got another album's worth of material in the can for this if and when we decide we're going to announce it. All these COVID videos, uh, I've done a crap load of sessions. I've done movie score stuff. I've I've been literally in my studio every day since COVID since I've been locked down back yeah. in uh March. Okay. Yeah, well, so there's a lot going on.
0: Well it sounds like the next time we chat will definitely be over ninety albums, um, even if it's <laughs> later this year. <laughs> it's funny because when that when that
1: came out, I mean obviously they, they did a basic overall counter overview right. uh, on that for that bio. I think I've done about 85 songs. I, I, I want to throw that in. Well, you've done over 85 in your career.
0: I'm like, yeah, but I've done about 85 songs in the past seven months. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for taking time to chat with us today. Um, you know, it's always great to catch up with you, and hopefully, uh, we'll get to see you on the road or on a cruise or somewhere, um, you know, performing sure so. in the near future.
1: Thanks for your time, and, uh, and thanks for helping me put the word out on this thing. Absolutely.